discipleship offering. Sister Miriam, amen. Let's prepare to give discipleship. Sister Miriam, you want to pray for the offering this morning? Amen. In Jesus' name, as you give, amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, what a fellowship, what a joy divine Ning on the everlasting arm. Well, what a blessing is, what a peace is mine. Ning on the everlasting You know I'm leaning. Yes, I'm leaning. No, I'm safe and secure from all alarm. Well, I'm leaning. Yes, I'm leaning. Oh, I am leaning on the everlasting arm. And oh, how sweet. To walk in this pilgrim way, leaning lean on the everlasting arm. Well, I have blessed peace with my Lord so near. I'm leaning lean on the everlasting arm. Well, I'm leaning on Jesus, leaning on Jesus, say. And secure from all alone. Well, I'm leaning. Yes, I'm leaning. Well, I'm leaning on the everlasting arms. Hallelujah. Amen. Aren't you glad you're holding on to Jesus? Amen. Well, you may be seated. We want to pull out our lessons. We want to get right into our discipleship class this morning. It's good to have everybody in the house of God this morning. Amen. We're talking about empowering the disciples this morning. Amen. Empowering disciples. Amen. Jesus says, by this shall all men know you are my disciples if you have love one to another. Amen. So last week we was looking at the lesson on calling the disciples. How Jesus walking by the shores of Galilee, he saw Andrew and Peter, his brother, and they were doing what? What were they doing? Casting their nets, right? They were casting their nets into the water, and he says to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And then he goes a little further, and he saw James and John, the sons of Zebedee, and what were they doing they were mending their nets. Amen. They were mending their nets. And he said to them, follow me. And they immediately left their father in the boat and their nets, and they followed Jesus. And so last week we was looking at the importance of a call and how when God calls us, we have to separate. You know, this is one of the reasons holiness is nothing more than a separation is a calling out. When God calls us, when he fills us, he wants us to separate and commit ourselves to him is what he is looking for. Men and women that will commit themselves to him, to serve him, and to do 
those things he asks them. And so once God calls us, if you notice with the disciples, he taught them. And usually this is what transpires when you first come to the church. When someone witnesses to you and you come to the church, you find that you got to go through a training process. You have to learn. You have to know what you're t- uh, going to be teaching or what God wants you to do. And so he imparts wisdom and knowledge and understanding. Now, if you notice Jesus' teachings, he taught a lot in parables. Parables is no more than an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. He used common everyday things right around them that they understood, but then he expounded to them what he was talking about with the heavenly meaning. As he was said in Luke 8, a soul went forth to sow seed. You know, some fell by the wayside, some fell among the rocks, some fell among thorns, and some fell upon good ground. And when he explained to them, he was referring to the heart of man, and the seed was the word of God. Sometimes, as soon as you hear the word of God, there's a distraction and the devil will take it away. So it don't get in you to be able to accomplish what God wants. The second one is that that falls upon the rock. Amen. You hear it. You receive it. It grows as you start growing. And then all of a sudden you have a situation or circumstance because you hasn't had time to get as deep and as solid as it could. That circumstance can pull you up and pull you out. Then it says, as those that fall among the thorns, or they that hear the word of God, they're excited about it, but then you allow the cares of this life and the cares of this world to come in and choke the word out of you. And then there's on the good ground of those that receive the word with, with a good heart, solid heart. You get rooted, you get grounded, and you produce fruit, some 30, some 60, and some 100 fold. So as Jesus taught his disciples, he showed them and pattern things before them of the things that they would have to go out and do. And so today now he's at a point in his training and ministry that he feels that it's time to send them forth to accomplish the things that he wants to do because he was constantly telling them, I'm not going to be with you always. He was only here for a short period of time. He knew he had a short period of time to train men and women, to get them into the concept and the mindset to be able to accomplish his purpose and what he wanted to do. And so today in Matthew chapter 10, Matthew chapter 10, verse 1 through 10, if you have your Bibles or you can look up on the screen, amen. And when he had called unto him his 12 disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Now the name of the twelve apostles are these, the first Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew his brother, James the son of Zebedee, and John his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew the publican, James the son of Apphaeus and Libyans, whose surname was Thaddeus. Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, and to any city of the Samaritans enter ye not. But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received. Freely give, provide neither gold nor silver nor brass in your purses, 
nor script for your journey, neither two coats, neither shoes, nor yet staves. For the workman is worthy of his meat, Matthew 10, 1 through 10. So our focus thought, the special mission Jesus sent the apostles on was a limited version of what was to come, become the Great Commission, and go into all the world. Our focus verse, amen. And when he had called unto him his twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. The miracles of Jesus Christ was compelling testimonies and signs of divine authority. They were the indisputable proof that he was Israel's long-awaited Messiah. Nicodemus, a Pharisee and member of the Sanhedrin, was honored enough to admit, honest enough to admit, we know that thou art teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him, John 3, 2. And yet many of the Jewish leaders were incensed by the fact that Jesus claimed the same authority as God himself, authority to bypass man-made laws, authority over the Sabbath, and authority over forgiveness of sins. Amen. So when we talk about empowering, amen, we're talking about giving the authority and giving the power and the abilities to be able to do certain things that is being asked to do. For example, if you was given, if I gave you a power of attorney, and we know there's basically three types of powers of attorney. There's a special power of attorney, amen, and there are a general power of attorney. What's the other one? <laughs> Help me out. Amen. But there's they, a special general, yeah, but there's another one too. But. <laughs> okay, but in all these, none of them is any good without what? A signature. There you go. Amen. You've got to have a signature on it. And so, therefore, that's why we are sealed, the Bible says, with the Holy Spirit a promise. Amen. So when God fills us with the Holy Ghost, he is empowering us to operate and to conduct business in his name. And so that's why we need the power of the Holy Ghost to be able to go forth and to accomplish the things that God is asking us to do. The same holds true, Jesse, when I was in the military Every time I got promoted to an NCO, they would read a citation that says, the President of the United States and the Secretary of Defense has reposed special trust and confidence in the fidelity of you. And in view of these qualities, you're now being promoted to a certain ranks. In other words, what that document is saying is, you have authority by these gentlemen to operate in their behalf to conduct the duties that you have been asked to do. You've been given the authority. And so this is what Jesus is warning from you and I. He calls us, he trains us, and then he gives us the authority. He fills us with the power of the Holy Ghost to be able to operate and 
his name. And Luke 10, 1 through 19, as you begin to read this, you see that Jesus sent his disciples out by two. Amen. What do you think he sent them out by two for? To witness to each other? Hannah, what do you think he sent them out by two for? Protect each other. Miriam, what do you think he sent them out by two? Encourage each other. Jesse, what do you think he sent them out for two? Amen. Take care of the mission. Amen. So he sent them out by two. Scripture tells us two is better than one. For one fall, what? You got to have them up. And two lay together. They keep warm. Two is better. Amen. So you keep each other in check. You encourage each other. See? So Jesus sent them out by two. He, he wanted them to know. And, and that's why you find throughout all scripture, Paul and Silas, Barnabas and Mark, you know, James and John. Constantly, they was all together, two. There was always two together. We gotta get back to this principle. Amen. To have two together. You know? My wife is born, you and me. (laughs) So, but it's important that we understand that he empowers us here. Amen. So he sends them out by two. And they were to tarry in Jerusalem until they were endued with power from on high. Amen. Notice he trained them then as his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Then he tells them, tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. They were to wait there for the promise of the Father, the power. And Acts 2, 1 through 4 says, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven as a rushing money went, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance. They were now empowered, amen, to go forth. And as you notice, immediately the Bible says they spread out into the city. And when the multitude of people there, they begin to say, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how we hear with men in our own tongues where we're born? Perthians, Medes, Elamites, dwellers of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phygia, Pamphylia, and Egypt, and parts of Libya, about Serene, strangers of Rome, Jews, proselytes, Cretes, and Arabians. We do hear them speak in our own tongue, the wonderful works of God. Amen. And they said, what mean is this? And Peter, standing up with the leaven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, you men of Judea, and all you dwell at Jerusalem, be it known unto you and hearken unto my words, for these are not drunken as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass. In the last day, saith God, that I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons 
and your daughter shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And upon my servants and handmaidens will I part of that day of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above, and signs in the earth beneath, and blood and fire and vapors of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood, before that great and notable day of the Lord shall come. And whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. See, Peter start preaching immediately because he had been empowered, see, to go and to teach and to preach. See, they was to wait for the power, wait for the authority, wait for the anointing, and then go do it. Amen. Because they knew somebody is going to ask them the same way they asked Jesus, where did you get your authority? <laughs> Notice. Amen. Notice, they always want to know where you got your authority. Matthew 21, 23. And when he was coming to the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came unto him as he was teaching and said, By what authority dost thou doest these things? And who gave thee this authority? Now, where do you get your authority from? If somebody asks you, where do you get your authority? Well, you tell them. The Holy Ghost, Jesus, right? You get your authority from Christ. Amen. So you have to be able, you are empowered. Amen. And so why do we need this empowerment? Why do you think we need empowerment? Amen. I'm going to pick on someone else. Chad, what do you think we need empowerment for? Okay. Go ahead. I'm listening. <laughs> okay. To do, be able to do what we're asked to do. Amen. Sister Caitlin, why do we need this empowerment? Amen. You want to be empowered to be able to teach someone else. Sister Linda, why do we need empowerment? We're weak. Amen. You definitely need it, right? Amen. Notice John fifteen five. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. Amen. You can't do anything without him. See? And so we need him. We need this power. I can't operate. See, if I have a power of attorney and no signature, people are going to look at me like, you're a fraud, man. We're not going to give you anything. You know, that thing don't even have a signature on it. You think you're fooling. You know, we need the empowerment so that we can use the power for its purpose and what it was given for. In Matthew 10, 16, go to Matthew 10, 16. We need this empowerment. You there? Amen. What does it say? Behold. Oh, my. I'm going to send you in the hell gates. <laughs> you think you need some power? <laughs> if, if, if I'm going in the mix of some stuff, I better be powerful. I better have more power than they did. If you remember the Gulf War, what did they do? 
they built a coalition. In other words, we're going to have more power than what I'm going up against. You know, the, the Bible says no man going to war don't sit down first and consider the cost. See, so you need to make sure that you have the power. If you notice what happens in Acts chapter 8, when the sons of Sceva try, I think it's 14, excuse me, tried to cast out some devils, and the devils looked at him and says, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? And they jumped on them and ripped their clothes up and wounded them. Badly. Yeah. So you need to know that you have the power. Say, you need to know that you have been empowered. Amen. Jesus says, I've seen you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Amen. And we know if a wolf is hungry, he's going to tear some ribs and sheep apart. But notice what Jesus says. You be what? Wise as serpents and harmless as a dog. Amen. Wisdom and humility. As his empowered servants, you got to have wisdom and you've got to have humility. They go hand in hand because they represent him. Amen. You know, isn't it amazing how wise Satan is? He knows. He knows the scriptures. He knows what you're supposed to do. Say, and this is what Jesus said, be wise as a serpent. Because he's the serpent. He knows. He knows God. The Bible says in James 2, 19, you believe one God? Said the devil, so believe me, trembles. <laughs> you know, so you got to know. You've got to have wisdom. Proverbs 4, 7, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all that getting, get an understanding. Sometimes, as we saw last week, you're going to learn things through the school of hard knocks. Okay? So you've got to have some wisdom in these things. You've got to get a lot of OJ, OJT, on-the-job training. Amen. It's what Jesus took them through. And you've got to be humble. The Bible says, let this mind in Philippians 2, 5, be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but took upon him the form of a servant. And being found in the likeness of man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So we got to have humility. We got to walk humbly before others. Amen. You got to be wise. You've got the power. You have to be able to control. Amen. The Bible says the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. Amen. So God empowers you because he's going to send you forth. If you look in the book of Acts, amen, if anybody ever had their head rocked, it was Paul. You know, I mean, he got his head rocked constantly. You know, that's why he called Rockhead. You know, I mean, they stoned him and left him for dead. They beat him. You know, look at all the things that Paul went through when you read 2 Corinthians 11. All the stuff he went through, amen, he was being sent for as a sheep in the midst of wolves. They was constantly beating him. But he had the power. Amen. And when you have the power and you know you've been anointed with the authority and the power, you can raise up. You can lift yourself up. You build yourself up. 
Amen. You know for whom you have believed. John 13:35. By this shall all men know you are my disciples if you have love one to the other. So love, amen, two types of love. Amen. You have the love of God and you have love for one another. You love your sister. She's a pretty good young lady. You love her with all your heart. Jesus first. You ever look in the eye in the morning and say, hey, sis, I love you. (laughs) Tell her. (laughs) Amen. See, we must be controlled by the laws of love. That's what this power does because John 4, 8 tells us that God is love. And so if I say I love God and hate you, I'm a liar. See, so we've been empowered with this love thing. And so when we go forth, we're going forth in his love. And Jesus says, by this shall all men know you are my disciples if you have love one to the other. Amen. And so we want to be other. We are empowered to love. The world needs love. All we need is love. Amen. We need love. The world is hurting. They need love. We all need love. We need to get back into the habit of looking people in the eye and says, I love you. Amen. We love God with all our heart, mind, full of his strength. When they ask Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? Thou should love the Lord thy heart with all the heart, mind, soul, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. Amen. He empowered us to love. Because he's love. This is what Paul comes out of. He beats us up in 1 Corinthians 13. Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels and have not love, I become a sound of brass and a tinkling cymbal. You know, though I give my body to be burned, though I do all these things, though I have love, says don't happen that way. See? we got to have love. Because this is what God, we're empowered to love. Romans 8 and 9. If I don't have the empowerment, I'm none of his. And a man have not the spirit of Christ, he's none of his. See? So that's what happened to the sons of Sceva. See? You know, we adjure you by Paul, Jesus, whom Paul preached. Come out of him. The devil says, yeah, right. You ain't his. You know, you don't have his in the power. You don't have his authority. You know, and that's why the devil says, Jesus I know and Paul I know. You know, they know if you've been anointed. They know if you have the authority. See, and so therefore we have been empowered to do these things. How did this empowerment affect these apostles? How did it affect them? Amen. Well, one passage of Scripture tells us they did what? Turned the world upside down. Amen. <laughs> they, they went everywhere preaching with signs following. Amen. They made an impact and a difference. And it should impact us and make a difference. Amen. Notice number eight. It gave them wisdom to instruct a repentant sinner. Amen. It gave them the instructions of how to show people what they needed to do to be saved. And Acts 2, 
Amen. After Peter preached about Jesus Christ, after he preached about the death, the burial, and the resurrection, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Bible says in Acts 2.36 that they were pricked in their hearts. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent. Repentance is no more than a turning around. Amen. Change the way you're going. Change the way you're living. Change your lifestyle. Turn around. Okay? He says, repent. Then he says, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is to you, to your children, to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. With many other words did he testify and exalt, say, save yourselves from this untoward generation. See, so he's, he's teaching them now because he's been empowered to do this. He's been empowered to represent Jesus. I'm going to jump across the page here a little bit. Pretty soon you're going to see they was empowered to be ambassadors. And ambassadors are representative. He's one that goes and represents Christ and tells or preach or teach, amen, what he's sending them to do. And so here's Peter, amen, he and James and John and the other apostles, they are now empowered to instruct sinners how to turn around, see, and showing them the right way. They're presenting the truth in love, see, and this is what has to transpire, and this is why you have to have love, this is why you got to have God, so that you present the truth in love, amen. You've been sent into the mix of wolves. You don't want to act like the wolf. You want to act like the lamb. Amen. You want to be humble. And so as a result here, we see as Peter preached, and he began to tell them what they needed to do, the Bible says, and they that gladly received his words were baptized, and they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continue steadfast in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. See, notice what transpired. They was able to show them what they needed to do. That's why when you begin to read through Scripture after the day of Pentecost, you see them constantly doing what? Instructing. They are showing because this is what they have been empowered to do, to go preach the gospel, to go set the captives free. You remember what Jesus said when he came out of the wilderness in Luke 4? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the broken hearts, to preach deliverance to the captives, the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Amen. That was his mission. Now, that's our mission. We have been anointed. Notice, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's, he's anointed me to do what? Preach the gospel. The death, the burial, and the resurrection. The death, the burial, and the resurrection. Death, we repent. Burial, we're baptized in Jesus' name. Resurrected, we're filled with the Holy Ghost to walk in newness of life. We're empowered. That's how the gospel is applied to your life. Amen. To be empowered to carry out the things that God is asking you and I to carry out. Amen. So it affected them. Amen. Notice Acts 8. Acts 8, verse 4. 
through verse 17. Acts 4, verse 8 through 17. Notice how it affect them. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto the rulers and the people and to the elders of Israel, If we be examined this day of the good deed did to the impotent man, be it known unto you and all them that dwell at Jerusalem. What? You there? If we this day be examined of the good deeds done and the impotent man, by what means he's made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him that this man to stand before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the headstone of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given unto men whereby we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. And behold, the man which was healed standing with them, they could not say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go out, go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves saying, what shall we do to these men? For they indeed, a notable miracle has been done by them, is manifested to all them that dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But that it spread no further among the people, let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth no more. And this name. Notice how it affected the apostles. They got bold. Holy, sweet boldness. You know, they says, don't preach no more in that name. Amen. But where you get your authority to do what you do. And that's what Peter says. Hey, we be examined this day. Be it known unto you. By Jesus Christ, whom you crucified. See? They had the word with boldness. Fret not, little flock. It's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. See, so it made them, amen, to speak the word with boldness. That's what you should have if you've been in power. You don't need to fear. You know, some people say they've got the Holy Ghost, and then every time they come around somebody, they get scared. That's southern for afraid. Scared. That guy's down south where I'm from, they say, I ain't scared. <laughs> you know, you should not be afraid. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. See? So they was given boldness and courage to speak the truth in love. It was not afraid to tell the gospel. When somebody says, why are you a Christian? Man, you should light up like a light bulb. You know, not in a boastful way, you know, but with boldness, you know, speaking with authority. See, when you know what you got, you can do it in a manner 
that presents itself with so much love that when it pierced the people's heart, they feel it, you know, because you know what you're talking about. I'm not saying you got to stand there and yell and scream, ah, no. Just by watching your countenance of how you present yourself shows forth that you know what you're talking about. That's what is, that's what good holy boldness is. Is you're not ashamed. You're not afraid. If you're ashamed to talk about Jesus, you'll be intimidated every time. But if you're not ashamed of Christ, then you're presented in love. Notice what this says. You know, as, as, as Peter says later on when you read it, he says, we're not careful to answer you in this matter. You know? And they present it. You know, as Paul, you see Paul standing before, before Felix and, 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 and Agrippa. He says, I think myself happy to be able to stand here and tell you about Jesus Christ. You know, that's, that's the, the change life that the empowerment should bring. When you go on your job, you know, you should be excited. And pray that somebody asks you about the, about Jesus. To give you that opportunity. You should be looking for doors to crack open. So you can just get a foot in. You know, to be able to in some way impart this love of the gospel. Amen. This, this goodness of God to people's life. You've been anointed to preach the gospel. You've been anointed to Set at liberty them that are bruised. Amen. This is what you've been anointed for. The same way Christ was. And so this empowerment infected them. They made them a channel of blessings to the sick. In Acts 5.15, we see that they was walk along and, you know, people just get healed by the shadows. You know, you know a lot of times I think we get to a point that we think, just because I lay my hands on you and pray for you, you know, it's supposed to happen right then. You know? I'm not God. <laughs> you know? He's the healer, not me. You know? If he choose to heal you right now, great. You know? But who knows how he's going to go about doing it? See? I just walk by faith. You say to me, Pastor, pray for me. I'm praying for you. You say to me, I've got this situation. I'm praying for you. Because I don't know why, how God is going to work. His ways are not my ways. His thoughts are not my thoughts. But the empowerment changes me, see, to not wait, see, to operate right now, see, to be that light. So it became a channel of blessings to the sick. Even Peter, amen, he walks in and hears Tabitha, she's dead. You know? And Jesus had told them, you know, the dead will rise. You know? This is both natural and spiritual. See? Because the people in sin, they're dead in sin. I think the scripture calls it. <laughs> dead in their trespasses in sin. So I got to get them up. <laughs> I got to get them up out of it. And so that's why I need to share the gospel. Because it's the gospel that will get them up out of their sins. 
if they receive the truth of the word, it will bring them out. Amen. So they became a channel of blessings, amen, to the sick, to the dead, and it qualified them to become the message of the Spirit to the Gentiles. You remember the first people they were to go to was to the Jews. They was not to go to the Gentiles. They were to go to the Jews first because the Jews were the lost tribe and the lost people of God. See? And so the Gentiles, it was not time for them to be engrafted in. Say, the, the, the Jews needed it first. That's why Jesus said to the woman of Syrophoenician, it's not meat to take the children's bread to give it to the dogs. You see, the Gentiles in Jesus' time was classified as dogs. They was brutal. They, they lived in the caves. That's why they was of the tribe of Esau and they, in Edom and they lived in the, in the caves and they was brutal, brutal. And so when it, the, when you go back and you study history and when the Jews was taken into captivity, man, those Gentiles, they even try to kill a bunch of them. You know, and so they was given the name dogs. You know, and as a result, this is what Jesus is saying, basically, is it's not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to the dog. And what she said, truth, Lord. But even the dogs eat the bread that falls from their master's table. And Jesus really said, look, it's not time for you right now. I'm going to come and get you. Don't worry. You're all part of Abraham's seed. You know. I'm going to graph you in, but but let me get this first and get them back where they're supposed to be. I'm not going to forget you. And that's why Paul is called the apostle to the Gentiles. See? And so later on, the Gentiles, after Paul's empowerment, first they try to go to the Jews. They get rejected. And what Paul says, it was first for you. But now you reject it, we turn to the Gentiles. And so they go to the Gentiles. And that's why in Acts 10, you find that Peter, amen, he's chick, chick, on the rooftop, chilling out, waiting for some vittles, and he has a dream. And down come all these sheets and all these unclean animals and stuff. And the Lord says, rise, Peter, slay and eat. Not so, Lord. I never touch anything uncommon or unclean. The Lord says, don't ever say what the Lord has called clean, uncommon. And immediately he realized there's some change been to take place, and he sends him to Cornelius' household. And he goes to Cornelius' household, and he says, Of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of person, but in every nation, they that fear him and work at righteousness is accepted of him. And notice, go right back to that empowerment to instruct. And he began to instruct them about the gospel and Jesus Christ. And the Bible says, as Peter spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all of them that came with all of them that was in the house, because they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. And then they said, can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which has received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And they commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Amen. Notice the empowerment, the empowerment. It affects you. Amen. It affects you. It changes you. See, that's why when you look at Acts 19, the Bible says, while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul having passed through the upper coast of Ephesus, he came upon certain disciples 
And he said unto them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they says, we have not so much as heard there be any Holy Ghost. Notice the next question. Well, tell me, how were you baptized? Do you think baptism is important? How were you baptized? You know, if, 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 if I was to go around the room right now and say to you, tell me, how were you baptized? Would you know? A lot of people don't know. I'd get people say to me, well, I was a kid and my, and my parents baptized, had me baptized. But I, I'm not, I'm not really sure. You know, I, I've had a lot of people say this to me, you know, and I says, well, would you like to be sure? <laughs> you know, so that you know. Now in Okinawa, you know, you know what I would always do? We'd go out to East China Sea. You know, because that's where we did all our baptism was in the East China Sea. And I say, look out here. I say, you see this? I say, yep. I says, think about how big this baptistry is in that you're in right now. Uh, I said, the Bible says, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he forgiven you of all your transgression. I says, from this day forth, if anybody ever asks you how are you baptized, you will be able to tell them, According to the Bible, I was baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of my sins. And I says, and you will be able to say, and I did it in the East China Sea, the biggest baptistry in the whole world. Because uh, it is important that we understand the name, why we baptize in the name. Okay? Neither is there salvation in any other name. That's why you take on the name of Jesus. I know some people says Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. But Jesus is the Father. Jesus is the Son. Jesus is the Holy Ghost. And this is why you take on the name in baptism. That's why when you go down in the water, we say, I now baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. Not I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Because that's not the name. The name is Jesus. And that's why I said early, you know, with the power of attorney, you want the name on the document. You are sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. Amen. So praise God. So there was in power. Oh, man, I'm not going to get through. But that's okay. Amen. But but we'll, we'll pick up and, and, and do this later. But, but think about it. How were you baptized? You know, we're not trying to take anything away from you. See, that's that's what I'm trying to get people to see. We're, we are being empowered to instruct. See, that's why when you look at Acts 19, Paul wasn't trying to take anything from those men that had been baptized by John the Baptist. He says, wait a minute. He, he asked them the question, how were you baptized? If they had not received the Holy Ghost. He said, well, how were you baptized? They says, John baptized us. He says, okay, John baptized you with the baptism of repentance, saying that you should believe on him which will come after, which would be Jesus Christ. Now, when they heard that, they was baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Ghost came upon them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance. See, baptism, how you were baptized is important. You need to be empowered. With their name. You need the name to, to, to be empowered. See? So, so if you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, 
Think about it. Consider it. There's water. What does hinder you? <laughs> Amen. So, so praise God. Amen. Let's take a break. Amen. Praise God.